we go. Welcome to the show. How's everything going? We have Georgia's own R&B singer, rapper, joining me here for Sports Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, Life 365, iHeartRadio, Mad Max Radio. Goes by the name of True Royal. Welcome to the show. How's everything going? Everything is good. Thank you for having me. Of course. Shout out to Julius Darrington. That's my guy right there. Shout out to him <laughs> for connecting us and getting yes. us all ready here. And Monique as well. Yes, shout out to Monique. I actually just got off the phone with her. So definitely, I love her. Yeah, she's definitely one of the best in the business for sure. But man, how's everything going? How's Are you in L.A. right now? Yes, I'm in L.A. Uh, just, you know, trying to get things done. Yeah, especially now with the actor strike. How's everything in that field for you right now? Because I know you're also an aspiring uh-huh. actor. I am actually not acting right now because of the strike. Um, I'm actually, I have other things going on that's kind of like uh, keeping me busy while they figure this thing out. So, yeah. Technical difficult. You got the new single out on all platforms. What made you stop it at difficult? Because people are always so used to technical difficulties. So what made you stop (laughs) it short? Um. We came up with that in the, in the studio. It was just unique. Um, it was uh, how, uh, well, Tub, shout out to Tub Young. Um, he's the producer on this album and uh, on this project. And um, I don't know, when we started to um, get the lyrics out, uh, it just made sense, you know? Because initially I said, okay, um, I want this to be called uh, this particular record to be called technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. But then when we started the writing process, it just flowed with let's just stop it at technical difficult. <laughs> <laughs> and it works. And you're preparing right now for I think I was reading the 313 is the EP that you have on the way. Uh, it's called Twin Flames 313. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I was reading that on, on the internet, and Twin Flames was something that you came out with. That's the the older single, but this is the new one that just followed yes. up. Yes, I'm, I'm. What I'm going to do is I'm I'm going to re-release Twin Flames, a different, okay. a little different version of it, and um, just start it over. Um, because the whole EP itself is Twin Flames three one three. Um, so um, and I'll be done with that pretty soon. Fire. Is there like a particular date that you look like a date range or just time period you're looking to drop the EP? Yes, December 22nd. December. So a couple of days before Christmas. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a record on the EP that um I really wanted to release before Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, because I want to um get into the creative process of doing a music video for that particular um, record so that it can be out a week before Valentine's Day. So I said, you know what, let's just drop the whole EP in December. I think you have the right targeting audience then, because then people, if they're paying attention, people can all just buy it for Christmas. Do you have like a Christmas song on there too to hook them in maybe? No, um, I don't really celebrate the holidays like that. Um, but someone else asked me that. So maybe in the future, I might yeah. put together a little, you know, holiday album. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not much of a Christmas guy. It's oh, it's played out. It's too commercialized. The only <laughs> right. thing I want to hear on Christmas is the Boys to Men Christmas album. I'm tired of my, uh, Mariah Carey. I've heard I, that too many times. Yes, that Let It Snow yeah. is, it never gets old. Yes. No, yeah. it doesn't. I love it. <laughs> uh, so how does it feel to be caught up in, 
pretty much two different worlds because I know you're from Georgia. Then you went out to uh, just being out there, Nashville, Tennessee, you made your move out to California, but because your favorite genre is country. And if you're in the rap lane, which, you know, you already are, I I have, you know, I love rap music. So it's like, you know, I hate country music, but how does it feel? Yeah, I'm not a country music guy. I don't, I don't hate it. Like I just, it's just not my thing, but how does it feel kind of to be caught up in that? in that um, area of where people were kind of rap doesn't like country and country doesn't like rap. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to necessarily say I'm, I'm caught up in it like that. I just do what feels good to me. Um, I love R and B. Um, you know, I'm starting to rap more now, but country music is my love. That's my baby. That's my number one. That's what I was raised on. You know, I was, you know, born and raised in the backwoods of Georgia, you know, on a farm. So, you know, that's just, those are my roots. So I I love country music. Um, one day I hope to meet Shania Twain. Um, that is my- George Strait, yeah, those are my two number one, you know, Dana Carter, all of them. I I love them. Um, But I also love R&B as well. I just love music, period, to be honest with you. So um, I have pushed aside my dreams of becoming a country music artist. Um, And I'm just having fun in my um, R&B lane, my rap lane. Uh, I'm a dancer as well. So it's like, let me just do what I, you know, am good at. You know, I'm not going to try to force the country music. I'll just listen to it. <laughs> but <laughs> one day I'm going to make a country music song. Mm-hmm. No, I th- I definitely think you will. And that, that's what you're inspired by. And, you know, I don't mean to knock like the whole genre. There's just certain <laughs> artists out there. It's just like, give me a break. Like I have great respect for like Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson. They did a lot for the genre and they're, they're trendsetters. Yeah. But some of them, it's just like, Give me a break. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, I really don't listen to the new school country music. I honestly can't tell you what's out there now, but I'm a '90s girl, so I listen to the old school country, the Tim McGraw. Um, again, George Strait. Up, uh, he has this movie that I grew up on called I'm still hanging on to the 90s entanglement of country. I Again, I don't know what's out there now with the new people, but I'm stuck in the 90s. I will forever be stuck in the 90s. <laughs> I was born in 99, so I didn't get to experience it. I was born right in the cusp. So I'm basically trying to live in the 90s because I'm such a 90s hip hop, R&B. I even yeah. like 90s rock. I don't know. There's something about the 90s that I just... It was such a timeless era. It's it's the best era for music. And when people tell me the 90s are, are over and to get over it, yes, yeah, screw you. No. I'm not going to listen to that. <laughs> no, stay in the 90s. You can even go to the early 2000s, you know, exactly. that is way as well. But I'm, I'm going to stay stuck in the 90s. I love it. From R&B to whatever, I love it. So it, It's the best era. T- today's music, it just... It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't do it for me. And when you have people calling, telling me that sexy red is a generational talent, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I really don't want to hear it. No comment. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, it doesn't hit the same as it used to. Um, but, you know, we all have had our, um, you know, our era of what we feel like is is good music. And, you know, the younger generation now feels like, you know, well, 
I'm a sexy red fan. So it's like, okay, have fun. Because a lot of people um, that I grew up with were um, Trina fans, you know. Okay, Trina yeah. Stuff. So, yeah. So it's everybody else, you know, so. I don't listen to it, but <laughs> no, it's terrible. Let's be honest. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. And then when people try to tell me about Sexy Red, that all oh, Trina and all these rappers are doing the same thing, like I get it, I guess, in the subject matter, but it, they made actual songs. It was better produced, better put together. Now yeah. it's just all thrown into no, just no effort, just thrown together, and it comes out as just nonsense and crap but i do i did want to get into your life story because it, it was really emotional just reading about it and growing up in the foster care system and going through a lot of bullying and i think the thing that you touched on that was interesting was bullying from family members because that's something that not too many people speak about because bullying could come in forms of people just keeping you down within your family people just throwing digs at you because they didn't get to succeed to the point that they wanted to. So when you're more successful that, than they are, they kind of want to keep you like in that lobster in a, in a bucket mentality. They want to keep you in. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, I can, I can never do any right. <laughs> so with them um, there, there is no, Oh, congratulations. True. Or, you know, there's, you know, oh, that's my cousin, or that's my niece, or it's nothing like that. It's usually, you know, now now it's a little different. Um, I don't deal with bullying anymore um, because, you know, I'm an adult and I fight back. <laughs> so yeah. the energy is a little different now. It's more of let's just stay away from her and pretend like we don't see her and we'll just talk about her and, you know, do things like that. But I mean, that comes with the territory. It comes with being like what we would call the black sheep of the family. You know, a lot of families have that one person that nobody likes or people are jealous of or intimidated by, whatever the case may be. Um, but with my followers, we don't call ourselves the black sheep. We call ourselves the white goats. Mm. So we just change the narrative because it's usually the black sheep of the family that ends up happening to save the whole entire family. <laughs> so it's like, okay, no longer the black sheep. You can keep that title. So, um, but yeah, um, I've dealt with a lot growing up in school, um, foster care. It was hard. Um, I'm gonna, um, I'm working on telling my story um, after I get done, you know, doing what I want to do right now with this project, I'm going to move into more of, um, I, I still write, but I want to tell my story in a movie format or series, you know, I'm looking for someone Netflix. to play. The yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm getting these, um, stories together, um, for more on the acting side so that I could um, be free and finally, um, you know, just tell my story and and let other people know that, you know, I made it out and you can too. Um, so, you know, sometimes even if you don't have family as far as, you know, your blood relatives, you definitely have a spiritual family in the world, you know, people that support you, that love you, that will guide you or, you know, that you can connect with and have a fantastic time. Yeah. It's like what Tupac said in Above the Rim, just because you're born into a family doesn't mean you stay family forever. It, it's that's just a true quote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's yeah. It's a deep thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, happens. So 
your first love I heard was basketball. Yes. Um, I was a basketball player. Um, I've been playing ball since I was, I think five. Um, my brother, um, he put a basketball in my hands and he had a hot dog in his and <laughs> crazy that I remember that. Um, but he would, I would just bounce the ball with him and play with him. And then when I got into grade school, um, that's really all I wanted to do was play ball. I, my first dream, very, 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 very first dream besides dancing and singing is, uh, was I wanted to make it into the WNBA. Mm. Um, I was good, but life happened. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I did end up playing in the military. I played for the university of Colorado. Um, not really long. I played for them like barely even one game because they figured out that I was in the military. Oh, <laughs> and so, wow. We didn't know that the military team actually played against the University of Colorado and I had to choose. And of course, I had to choose the military. So darn it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. You mentioned that you were in the military. Thank you for your service. I appreciate it. it, it, it I mean, how did that really kind of just prepare you for life? Because you see what people go through in the military and just in basic training alone, it, it breaks oh. a lot of people. Yeah. Um, well, it, it actually made me stronger. It's something that I would never take back. I do not regret my military service at all. The good, the bad and the ugly. Um, um, I'm very, very proud. That's one accomplishment I'm very, very proud of. Um, I was able to get in there, um, um, rise to the occasion of being in leadership positions um, and, um, some of it was, was, was fun and, and some of it was hard and, you know, I just did what I had to do. So. And you're here today. Like I said, thank you again for your service. And I think you've also been a marshal too. I was reading online. You've done some security <laughs> and, and different protective things. Yes. Give me one second. Let me yeah. take this off here. Okay, there we go. Okay, that's better. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, after um, the military, I actually became head of security in um, Colorado, Springs, Colorado, is where I was stationed. So after the military, I was head of security for a high school called Watson High. They've shut down now. And so after I did that, I went on, moved on to be a Colorado marshal. Um, and that was pretty fun. Yeah. Pretty fun kicking down doors and serving warrants and all that stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's interesting just to learn about your career and then from there because you go out to Tennessee, you're you're out there, you make the move back in 2016 to Hollywood, California. It's something that you always wanted to do. It was overwhelming. Talk to me about getting this call from Brandy and Ray J's father. That was life changing. Oh gosh, you guys have surely did your homework. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so I one I, I was in Tennessee um living in Nashville and um I was singing and I was just in the room just singing and um I was like I need some vocal I need work like vocal coaching and um I was like researching um vocal coaching near me you know in Tennessee or whatever and I'm um, so sorry I have something in my eye oh it's all good I hate when that happens <laughs> I it's irritating yeah. but um, I um yeah I was just you know just researching I didn't know what I was looking at to be honest with you and then um 
I don't even know how this happened to this day, to be honest with you, but I received a call and um, it was Mr. Norwood, um, Brandy and Reggie's father. And uh, in the beginning, I thought it was my friend. I was like, Patrick, stop playing on my phone. Fuck you. And I hung up the phone. <laughs> I thought he was like playing with me. And so uh, Mr. Norwood calls back and um, he's like, hey, true, it's, it's Willie Norwood. And I was like, hi, you know, like, is this real? <laughs> and he, he spoke with me and um, he wanted me to come to um, L.A. to train with him um, on my vocals for like a month. I was terrified because I'd never been to California before. And uh, initially I told him, oh, I can't, I can't do that. Cause I was just so terrified. And, um, um, and so he said, um, let's just do two weeks. And my friend, um, she told me, she said, uh, you need to do this. She said, you need to take this shot because if you don't, you're going to regret it. And, um, man, um, I had just bought a new car. I was driving Uber at the time. I love driving Uber. I still drive Uber to this day, <laughs> but, um, I, you know, financially did what I needed to do. Didn't have much money after that, but, um, I ended up picking up like two guys from a bar doing Uber and they threw up in the back of my car. Oh God. <laughs> so, so Uber like paid me out like a thousand dollars. But it wasn't like it was going to hit my account like a week later. So I ended up in my car driving from Nashville to um, L.A. with like $250 in my hand, in my pocket, and like a EBT card. I didn't know what I was doing. I just did it. And that was the craziest move ever. And two weeks with Mr. Norwood turned into two years and I have not left. I'm still here. I ended up um, landing um, a role on TV on this show and, and things just took off. And I trained with Mr. Norwood for a little bit. And then again, life happened. I ended up meeting um, Mrs. Norwood. Um, she did like this intimate producers camp with us taught me a lot and that that's where I met Ray J that's where I met Brandy and um the rest is history <laughs> <laughs> so I mean how was it being in the room with Brandy because she's one of the all-time greats and she's in the acting lane as well too so well we didn't meet in the room we met in the bathroom <laughs> so, oh, <wow. laughs> so my whole life um especially in school people would tell me that I looked like Brandy. Um, and I was a lot skinnier back then. So I guess I did like my whole life. Oh, you look just like Brandy. And um, so the day we were doing the producer's boot camp with her mom, I was on the phone with my best friend and I went to the bathroom because I don't want to interrupt. I didn't know Brandy was in the bathroom. And I'm just talking cash crap. <laughs> and she comes out of the bathroom and I'm looking like, uh, uh, Tasha, I have to call you back. <laughs> and she says, she doesn't say hi. She walks up to me as if she's seen a ghost. And she says, we look alike. And we just, she took my phone. We took some pictures. Oh, that's crazy. It, yeah, it was crazy. She was like, let's go back in here before mom gets us. Like we were sisters. And I was like, oh my God. Like, it was, it was, Ah, oh, it's something I'll never, never forget. But um, 
what once we went back into the boot camp, um, her energy, uh, I don't know, it was it was amazing. I made her laugh a couple of times and she was like, girl, you are crazy. So I knew I had a, you know, a, a life as a comedian after that. <laughs> but um, Ray J was there. Everybody was pretty much there. And we were we were like one big happy family. Um, after that, um, Ray J and I, we seen each other a lot in different scenes in LA. I used to go to his um, shop a lot. So uh, yeah, it was, um, it was a dream come true actually, yeah. Yeah, no, that's big time for sure. And speaking of comedy, have you been able to do some of these comedy clubs out in L.A. at all? No, I'm scared. I have not branched out into that yet, but I have a lot of jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I said that's something that maybe maybe will come later on in life. You know, I didn't want to steer away from my music, my dancing or acting or anything like that. I'll just make people laugh naturally and move on. That's the best way to do it. And I, I did bring up acting before because that's another passion of yours. But let's talk about the performance side of things, because the movie Selena is what inspired you on the musical performance live level right there. Yeah, I was like eight years old. I'll never forget it. Um, I was sitting on the sofa and my dad had just left out and um, he put the movie Selena on for me and I watched it and I cried like I was eight and I I it's it's like I had a connection to um Selena <laughs> it's crazy that I understood what was going on at eight years old but um I just remember gosh I was crying my eyes out and and the the young lady that played uh the the younger Selena in the film um I was her and she was me like all I wanted to do was perform dance and at eight that's where it hit me. Like, I want to do this. I didn't know how, but I just knew I want to be like Selena, you know? So yeah, it, it was a very emotional thing for me. <laughs> and I ended up, once I got to LA, I ended up, um, <laughs> so crazy how life works. I ended up dating a guy whose mother was Selena's nail tech. Oh, and wow. Was, yeah. I was like, Oh, so I dumped him and <laughs> I, it was, it was crazy. I was able, like his mother, um, showing me pictures of Selena and, you know, them doing the nails. And it was, I was like, Whoa, this is as close as I'm going to ever get to Selena. You know, she's gone now, but, um, I really like adored that moment. So, yeah. Yeah. She's iconic. We lost her way too soon to uh, the crazy yes. fan. So. Yes, yes, yes. I have a big picture of her in my bedroom hanging up. Yeah, she's represented in my studio here, too. So, yeah, because I always have like 90s hip hop, R&B. Yeah, she's well represented in, in my room as well. So, yeah, you always got to put on for music icons of the 90s. <laughs> I continue to um, watch the film um, to this day all the time. Um, I just... I don't know. It's just I, I've always had a connection to her since eight years old. I I, I wish she was still here. A dreaming of you. Yeah, that's an all time one right there. I can't even listen to that without. <laughs> and sometimes I try to rehearse it and sing it myself. I can't even get through the song. I'm like Jennifer Lopez did her big one on that movie. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't listen to it unless I really, really want to get into my feelings. But 
other than that, it, it hits me too hard. It just, I just have flashbacks of my childhood and I'm just like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're also a life coach and I kind of know what that is, is you coaching people. It's pretty self-explanatory, but talk to me about what a spiritualist is. Cause I've heard the term before, but I've never really asked about it and done my research into it. So what is a spiritualist? Um, what is the true definition of a spiritualist? Um, I do spiritual things for myself and for people. Um, I, um, have a lot of clients, hundreds of clients, thousands of clients, and I have some celebrities that I work with as well. And, um, it's, and, and that's why I kind of put life coaching in there because it's practically some of the same things, um, coaching people in their lives, but, um, we spiritually get people aligned um, in their spiritual path, get them closer to source or whatever it is they want to get closer to and um, help them financially, you know, with their love life. Um, if they need, you know, deeper things. <laughs> so we, um, I am a high priestess of my family. So yeah. And when we talk about like spirituality and you being a spiritualist, do you kind of believe in like the whole paranormal, spiritual and that people are kind of energy? Do you get into stuff like that as well a little bit or? Um, I am a psychic medium. It's what they would call me. Okay. So, so you kind of be you believe in all the paranormal and different signs and. Um, well, yeah, it's more than a belief. I actually talk to the other side for people. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> i can't believe i'm talking about this but yeah that's what i do yeah it's um it, it's it's a way of life for us for people you know we give people closure you know um and honestly to be honest with you i didn't know i could even do that until like i think like five years ago mm. so are, are, is it kind of like ghost whisperer a little bit is this is it like things you can see no i'm just curious like is it like that so Ghost Whisperer with um what's Jennifer her name? Love Hewitt. Yes. Love that. Um, it is exactly like that. Yes. Wow. Yes. Um, it can be overwhelming. I don't do it full time the way I used to because it's too much for me. Um, it's just too much. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, I I moved, um, I ended up moving. Um, a couple of years ago here in LA, I ended up moving to a haunted house and um, it was awful. And I did not know that California, in California, there's a rule or a law for the landlords that you have to tell the tenants if someone died in, in the home before they move in. And the landlord never told me any of this oh, information. He, he, oh, he kept it hidden. He kept it hidden. And when the first night that I moved in, I couldn't sleep. I kept hearing noises and this um, white lady appeared and she didn't want me there. <laughs> and so she would follow me to my bedroom and I would get mad and I would tell her to leave me alone. And um, I figured out that she actually passed away in the living room. And so I questioned the landlord about it. And he, his, his thing was, how did you even know that? And I'm not going to speak to them. They're not talking to me. <laughs> They're like, and he was just like, 
I'm so sorry. You know, I know I should have told you. Like, that's a law in California. You have to disclose this information. Like, this house was built in, like, the 1950s. That's when she died, you know. And it, it was hard living in that house. It was hell. <laughs> so, <Wow. laughs> yeah, I'll tell that story later on in life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that's crazy. Yeah, because I'm all into because October is like my favorite time of the year. A big horror movie guy. Like I'm intri- I'm always intrigued by like paranormal stuff. So that's crazy that you've had your own paranormal encounters and that you do that on the side as well. Let's speak to the other side. Yeah, it's a very real thing. Um, and I I I love to do it because I know it helps people get closure mm-hmm. and who understand that it's real because how do I know, you know, what your dad had on when he died? Like, I don't know you, you know? So how do I know that your grandmother used to do this for you? And, you know, people are always like, how did you know that? Well, I'm like, well, she's here talking to me right now. So, <laughs> and they're, they're always like, this is crazy. But what they don't realize is I'm the same way. Like, this shit is crazy. <laughs> like, so yeah, you can. For me, you can never get used to it. I can never get used to this. I don't. I don't think. I'm not sure. I, I think like with your situation, you kind of have more of an answer to because it, I, I'm not thinking about it yet because I'm only in my early 20s. But you know, people when they get older, they start to think about is there an afterlife and what happens once you pass. So you kind of have an insight a little bit as to what is next. Yeah. Yeah, I, I used to speak about it all the time, but um, now not as much because I'm like, oh, let me concentrate on my music. So people won't think I'm a weirdo out here talking to <laughs> demons and ghosts and stuff. Oh, you've talked to a demon? No, that's just what people think. People oh, think yeah, yeah. God <laughs> is a demon. That's what they think. So it's like, no, like your mom just passed. She's not a demon. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, I, I'm sure though, if you if you're a spiritual, you believe some people you've probably dealt with in your life are demons. I'm I, you probably, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Uh, it, with being a life coach, just everything that you've been through, do you think you like doing that? Because it because you mentioned that it, it brings closure to people. Do you think by helping other people, it brings closure? It helps bring closure to yourself and things that you've been through in your life by helping others. Um, kind of. Um, honestly, the type of people I run into that need closure, I've never been through those things. <laughs> so it's more, I, I just get like, it's like a dopamine for me, a dopamine effect. Like I love helping people because I'm a healer. That's my passion and mission in life is to heal, you know, but, um, just to hear my clients, like, You've helped me so much. And they're they're like, finally, somebody gave me the answers that I was looking for. And I can get off the phone with them or off of Zoom and feel complete with myself because I'm fulfilling my my passion, my my destiny and what God has put me here for. So it's like they feel better. So I feel better. And that's what I care about. You know, so it you know, I've been life coaching since I was 21, 21, 22, um, I became a certified life coach at 23. And so I've been doing it ever since. Um, 
in churches, like growing up in church, I was, and they would ordain me as a prophet or prophetess or something. And I would, you know, just, I'm a seer. I have the gift of foresight so I can see into people's futures and their past and tell them what's to come. So um, it's helped hundreds of people. And that's all I care about is to help people. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever their need, you know, answer their questions, whatever, like, Hey, can you see this? Or can you see that? Or do you know if I'm going to get this promotion? I'll tell them, no, don't see it just yet, but do this and you'll get it, you know, and and then it happens, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. It's strange how this interview aligned because someone was trying to read me tarots recently. I was just like, why? I'm like, I don't know if that's true. I really, I, I don't, are you kind of familiar and kind of understand what tarots are? Yeah. Tarot, tarot. There are lots of tarot readers out there. Um, I can honestly say that I do not read tarot because yeah. I don't know how to read tarot. <laughs> I keep telling my following, Hey, you know, I'm going to learn for y'all one day. Just, you know, give me a little time. Um, I do uh, do Oracle or I'll do like word cards, but tarot is something that frustrates the hell out of me. I'm not going to lie. So I'm not a tarot card reader. Um, I just use my gift naturally and I'm able to look at you and see things. But um, I I just have not gotten into the tarot situation just yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It hasn't. I don't know. I really don't even like it like that to be yeah. How easy is it for you to see into people's futures and stuff like that? Is there certain like a thing that you need, like a photograph or what is it something that you need? Um, It just depends. Sometimes I get visions. Um, Like sometimes I can close my eyes and see things. Sometimes I can stare off into space and see things. Um, Sometimes with some of my clients, I'll ask them to send me a picture of them so that I can read their head and I'll read their head and then I'll see, you know, what's going on with them or or audibly, if you're clear audience, um, you can hear things. Wow. And your spirit connects with their spirits and they all talk in like this huddle to tell you what to tell them. It's yeah. <laughs> this is insane. No, I may ask you for something <laughs> after this interview. Oh, <laughs> uh, but I mean, but besides the whole life coach, spiritualist, and everything we talked about. You also do some red carpet work and you're also yeah. a, a talk show host. I think it was a true Hollywood TV. Is that it? Yeah. 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 True Hollywood TV. I have, honestly, I haven't done the talk show portion since COVID. Um, when COVID came through, it really messed a lot of us up. So um, I think the last talk show that I had was with, um, um, uh, what is his name? Uh, he played Eddie Winslow on Family Matters. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, what? I can't think of his name. Off the, you got me there. <laughs> yeah, but he was the last person that I had on my show. And then I was supposed to have an interview um, with uh, on my talk show with um, Iman, uh, Tiana Taylor's husband. Okay, um, Iman Shumper. Yeah, yeah. I had a lineup of celebrities, but then boom, COVID hit. And I'm like, what the hell? And they closed the studio down and I just have not bounced back from that. Um, I am going to in 2024, I'm going to get back out there. So for right now, I'm just doing like red carpet things. Um, I've done the um, uh, Soul Train Awards, different things like that, um, BET things um, and whatever is going on in LA, you know, 
they will reach out for media or, you know, a host and I'll go. So, yeah. That's fire. I have to get out to LA. I can't be in because I'm from Connecticut and I just, there's just nothing out here. It's time for me to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely come out. Yeah. Is that now? Yeah, I'm in Connecticut now because I went to school at St. John's in Queens. That's where I got my show started. That's how I was able to connect with Julius and all uh-huh. my industry connects and being on my own show right now, Life U65, all that. So it's just building from there and getting out to the West Coast. But yeah, no, you're you're right. The, the connections are out there in yeah. L.A. I, the, the thing about that's so toxic today for content creators and different things is that everyone thinks they're a content creator and yeah. people do so much now for clickbait and they buy all their views. It's just it's yeah. toxic. I, I I really don't. I usually vent on it in my own time, but now I just don't even waste the energy on it because it's just it's too much because I went to school for journalism and communication. So when you see all these other people cheating their uh. way to fame, it's like, here we go. <laughs> I'm one of those that cheated my way on a lie. That's how I got my show. (laughs) (laughs) I literally um, did this um, award show called the Celestial Awards when I got out here. And um, they, we were having a board meeting and they were like, "Um, we need media. We need more media. Do any of you know media? And I was like, I know media. And so they're like, okay, good. True. What's your media company's name? And I was like, True TV. <laughs> <laughs> and it like, worked. The carpet. And I went home and I started to develop everything from there, my logo and everything. And I'm like, I just got on the red carpet. Oh my God. <laughs> and it was, I don't know what happened, you know? So trust me, I get it. I didn't go to school for journalism. Um, I just said, hey, I'm media. Give me a shot. Yeah. <laughs> I, but I you i respect people like you that you know this is your journey this is your thing you went to school for you learned about it you know but i'm gonna be honest with you come out to la yeah. you don't be you know uh have a master's degree to be on the carpet yeah. oh wow <laughs> so yeah, there's the system getting you they think they're telling you that they need that's the whole college scam i'm not going to get into college talks because i will be here for days about what i think about that <laughs> But yeah, I think my biggest gripe is with the whole industry is everyone is thinking they're a content creator, but it's these celebrities with podcasts. Everyone and their mother has one. It's like, that's what gets me. Do we really need a podcast? Does does DJ Khaled, do you really need one? Lil Wayne, you need one? You know what I mean? Everyone needs one now. It's like, really? (laughs) They have the influence and they know that people will listen to them and they know that if people listen to them, then they're going to get the books. So, hey. It's a grind. You know, everybody's trying to do something, you know? Yeah. KD, does he need one? I mean, I can go on and on, but, you know, what, what do you have on the way here? You know, as far as the EP, you mentioned the, the Netflix, you wanted to get something going for your TV show. How about a book or something? Have you thought of some other things to put together yeah, for the I, life story? Yeah, I actually, I've been writing my book since I was 16. So um, that's coming soon i'm still writing um because my stories will um definitely blow people's minds um i actually met this um casting director for i think she was with like cbs or abc one of them and um nobody really knows um where i'm from 
So that's why, like, when they say, where are you from? I say, like, the neighboring town. Um, but she knew, she's from Hollywood. She knew my hometown. I think it starts with a B. I was reading it online, right? Yeah, I was reading it. I, I, it slipped out of my mind when I was reading about you. But, yeah, it starts with a B. It's, it's called Baconton. Baconton, okay. Baconton. And she knew, she was like, you guys only got, like, one stoplight. Like, once you're there, you're out. And I was like, she knows that. <laughs> and, you know, she actually wanted to do a story on me. But that was like when I first got here. Um, and I don't really know what happened to her. I do but, um, yeah, I'm still writing. Um, I'm writing a couple of books, to be honest with you. I just don't know when they're going to be done yet. But I'm I'm writing, just wanting to figure out how to get these stories out there, you know, in a certain way, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And um, definitely after this strike is over, I want to get back into my acting and all of that. So, yeah. And working on a reality show right now too, as well. And what's, is the reality show going to be based on the, I would say that's kind of not based on your life story, but what you do each day kind of, is that just um, kind of just like a, microscope into your life almost yeah but it's not just with me um it's um with um five other people and um initially it was called the rise um and i wanted to really document um those of us that moved here around the same time and where we are now where we're about to go different things like that um Without all the, I'm going to put you guys in one house and you fight to your death. We're not doing that. Um, I wanted it to be more positive and the drama would be their own drama with their families or, you know, not with each other, you know, the cast members or whatever. And I'm, we're still working on that. So we'll see what happens in 2024. But that is something that I have had um, in the works for about four years now. And I actually had a conversation with Mona Scott Young and um, she was telling me what to do to, you know, get the, get the information out to her, but I just never did. I just felt like this is not going to line up with love and hip hop. I don't want this type to be on this franchise. Yeah. So nah, that's all right. Hope <laughs> so, <laughs> You know, even if I have to start off with like, um, doing the episodes and putting them on YouTube, doing like a whole Issa Rae type thing, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, I think you will. Yeah, it, it, companies, they look for the, the garbage now. I don't understand. It goes through all lanes now. They want whatever's crap, crap sells. So it's like you kind of have to start from the bottom and just build your own base and then maybe something will work. I, I don't yeah. understand the industry today. I really don't. It's not what the 90s were, the early 2000s. No, this is a, a new thing. It's definitely not about talent anymore. No. You know, it's just about the drama. You know, what can you bring? What can you, you know, talk and sell about sex and all that stuff? So, yeah. Nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> uh the true royals or anything else you would love to let your fans know audience that we didn't talk about tonight um my people they follow me so they pretty much already know what's going on with yeah, me they got um, so i will say this i do have a surprise for them so when they see this um to my true gangers i have a surprise for you guys next week 
or the week after, but stay tuned. <laughs> um, but other than that, um, no, like you really did your homework. Like I'm impressed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, I, d- I dug deep. I was like, because I read the media kit. I, I did. I started my research today. I did my media kit, listened to the two songs that you just released. And I said, you know, I want to see if there's more info out here. And then I, yeah, I did my research. Yeah. yeah, I did a rebranding a couple of years ago. So all of like my dance videos, I scrubbed the Internet of everything. Wow. Yeah, because I heard that you're trained in like jazz and hip hop. We already know hip hop and R&B. And then I was like, miming dancing. Is that what it is? Mime? Yeah. My- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just took everything that I could off of the Internet because I wanted a new start. Um, and I, I wanted to, you know, just rebrand who I was to present another, the same me, but a new me, um, just more polished or whatever, you know? So, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm starting over. I'm, I'm going to get back into the studio with my dancing, um, at the beginning of the year. And, um, there are some things that my following does not know about me or things they have not seen me done. So I'm excited to show them who I really am and um, what I've been doing my whole life that they have not had a chance to see within the last five years. So I know they're going to be like, girl, like you've been holding this back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do appreciate everyone um, uh, for watching, listening or whatever the case may be. And um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to drop um, my EP December 22nd. That is the date. Um, I'm going to continue to do a couple more music videos for um, the songs on there. And I'm going to move on from this project. And I want to move on into more of, in a, I want to get myself in a more comfortable position mm-hmm. to produce um, this next um, um, project. I want to do the producing, all of the writing. And um, we're going to go from there. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. I'm looking forward to it. Royal. (laughs) I want to thank you for coming on. And if you could stay after too, after we're live, because I did want to ask you some things about the the things we were talking about earlier. (laughs) I want to thank you for coming on the show. Thank you to Monique and Julius Darrington for getting us set up and connected. You know, you're always welcome on the show. Technical Difficult is in my rotation on Live 365 Mad Max Radio. So anytime you have a new single coming out, I'll make sure to put it in my rotation for you for sure. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you. And yes, shout out to Monique, the best publicist in the world right now. And to Julius, the best A&R. I would not be here without them. So I appreciate them so, so very much. That's a fact. And let them know where they can follow you because I know your fans will know, but the, the new listeners, people that want to get to follow you on Instagram and Twitter. Um, oh gosh, I do not have a Twitter. Don't bite me. I do not know how to even use Twitter like that. But you can definitely follow me on Instagram at I am true official. And I is not I, it's E-Y-E, like the I in your head. So it's E-Y-E. Am I am true official um you can also find me on facebook at true royal um i am verified on facebook just in case people need to know which one is me i do have some backup pages but yeah and you can also follow me and subscribe to my um youtube okay oh 
True Royal Vivo. Okay. So yeah. Subscribe and follow, please. All right, everyone, take care, stay safe. And until the next time. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. (laughs)